Talk Recorded live. Good evening. Welcome. Today we talk with Rich Bernardo. Uh, tonight's show we are going to be having Dan Patrick of Tampa, Florida, who has a great deal to say tonight about eBay and about some disturbing elements over the past few years at eBay. Dan has extensive internet experience and extensive online selling experience uh, with comics and coins and other items. And he was a seller on eBay for a number of years. And he's going to fill us in tonight on a lot of the disturbing developments that have taken place over the past few years. As you may know, I have two Facebook groups composed of former eBay sellers, about 3,000 of them total, 2,000 in one group, 1,000 in another. Many of these people were suspended unjustly and unfairly uh, by eBay uh, for trivial reasons because of the mechanism and design uh, of the policies that were put into place by CEO Donahoe when he took over in 2008. Many of those people have posted their experiences in my groups, and Dan tonight will be sharing his experiences with us tonight, as will our call-in callers. And by the way, any of you uh, who are listening can call in with your questions or your comments. With your own experiences, uh, bad and good, with eBay, you can share all of that with us tonight. And uh, we're looking forward to a great show. We should have a number of of call-in people. And there will be people also in the uh, the chat room as well who will be asking questions and commenting and sharing their experiences too. And I'll read the questions over the air as they come in. Dan will be sharing with us a lot of information. Much of this is extremely explosive. Uh, much of it will be controversial. He can uh, back all of it up. He uh, basically will be able to share details with us about uh, uh all of these different things, and uh, he will be uh, he will be sharing all of these different things with us tonight, and we are looking forward to to him showing up. Dan, whenever you get here, we will. Uh, be looking forward to what you have to say to us. And any of you who call in, remember this show is archived and recorded every uh, week. Each episode is available for download. You can listen to past episodes that have already aired. They're right here. And uh, I want to encourage you to download them and share them, especially tonight's show. This is going to be a dynamite show that you're going to want to share with other people in on what's going on in eBay. A number of people nationwide, thousands of them in fact, uh, have fell victim to eBay's bad policies. 15,000 were purged on August 6, 2013. Suzanne Wells broke that story. And then... Uh, Ina Steiner on e-commerce bots also followed up with a story about that first purge. There have been at least two subsequent purges, actually several more than that. Many of them were triggered by something known as guardrail, which is set off by a couple of low 
DSR ratings. These are known as detailed seller ratings. And it looks like we have uh, a guest from the Florida Tampa metro area. Hello. Is that you, Dan Patrick? Dan, if you can hear me, we are looking forward to hearing you. Okay. Hi, Dan. What's going on? I'm just waiting to go. You know, um, you, you, anything that you wanted to go over with me before the show starts or anything like that? Well, tonight. we were actually beginning to air right now, Dan. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little about uh, your background uh, at eBay and with online and with the Internet. Well, first, uh, Rich, I'll, I'll to tell you my, my background as an educator. Uh, um, I've been on the Internet since 1991 uh, when I graduated from the University of Maryland. And uh, I went to work with John Hopkins Applied Physics Lab. And there wasn't a browser back. There was nothing like anything anybody knows uh, today. Uh, and that, in fact, the the web was not open for e-commerce until 1995 when the National Science Foundation opened it up to the public for for commerce. And uh, I was one of the first people to buy and sell off the, the Internet. And uh, I, I've been on several e-commerce ventures, including eBay, since the very beginning. And... Uh, you know, um, I've seen uh, the evolution of the web, and it's pretty remarkable. I, it never fails to astound me, you know, the, the progress being made. Uh, and in some cases, uh, like eBay, the progress is going uh, downward, not upward. And I, I think right. that's what we talk about tonight. Uh, I teach uh, e-commerce at the graduate and undergraduate level here in Tampa, Florida, and uh, uh I'm considered a subject matter expert on the um, issue. And uh, lately, I've been reading a lot of horror stories on the web about people losing entire businesses, uh, losing homes, people having uh, quit their job to do eBay full-time, making tremendous money. And and, uh, I've talked to some people that have made tremendous regular people, just like you and me, that are making like six figures plus, uh, and they're doing quite well. And then all of a sudden, eBay comes knocking for whatever re- reason and says, we don't want you anymore. And uh, I think uh, the last straw when I contacted you is that uh, I read a man had actually lost his home. And, you know, I- I'm very sensitive to that. You know, we have a lot of homeless people down here in Florida, probably like anywhere else since the economy today. And I, I just, you know, doing a lot of research uh, on the web, I, I just reading one horror story after another. And um, the one thing that we've discussed prior to this is that that eBay has been a haven for criminals uh, since day one. And yes. one, you know, one of the things that I brought up to you is that here locally at flea markets uh, in Florida, well, let me give you a little back up a little bit. After 9-11, the Bush administration enacted the Homeland Security Act. Exactly. Created the Homeland Security Department. And mm-hmm. I monitor, because it's been my business to uh, form e-commerce ventures and work in e-commerce, I monitor things like counterfeit items and bootleg items being sold. Uh, there was a website at one time called the Gray Zone. And I start to notice in the early 2000s, like 2003, 2004, Bus, you know, arrests were being made at flea markets. It usually would have been local charges, uh, you know, of counterfeit goods. 
were now federal charges, and the, and the, and the, the vendors were being charged under the Homeland Security Act as terrorists. And the logic behind that is uh, there was a line item in the Homeland Security Act that said that anybody that sold bootleg or counterfeit goods was uh, circumventing and, and subterfuging the American economy, uh, undermining the American economy, if you will. And uh, they were being charged as terrorists. Actually, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't believe what I was reading and until I, I researched further. And their logic is if you're selling bootleg Nikes, if you're selling uh, bootleg Gooseys, or in an eBay's case, if you're selling rare bootleg coins, counterfeit coins, you are undermining the United States economy, and therefore you are creating a atmosphere of terror. And it seems to me that eBay is a haven for these people. Now, I'm doing further research. It seems like the only people that seem to have a steady income on eBay are the criminals. They have a whole underworld of people that, and they, they, they buy and sell and trade aged, what they call aged accounts, accounts that look like somebody has been using them. Uh, and they, they also sell aged PayPal accounts with no limit restrictions on them. Now, the thing that bothers me is the criminals have, I've been reading some of their forms, they have as many as 50 to 100 accounts. So if eBay deems one, They've got 99 more accounts to sell fake goods. Uh, an honest person making an honest living has put their whole life's work in it for, say, seven, eight years. Uh, they get one notice, and they're gone. And those people have probably never even considered setting up a second, third, or fourth account, much less 100 accounts. And, you know, you're reading people are, are losing their homes, their cars, uh, you know, their lives are torn apart. Uh, eBay encourages people all along the way. You're doing great. Here's some free listings for you for the next five days and this sort of thing. And then one day they just say, well, somebody didn't like you. You're gone. Yeah, or, and this devastation of small sellers is occurring by the thousands nationwide. Right. And, you know, you're seeing, like, major corporations like the Walmarts and, and the Dells of the world have horrible feedback. And, you know, they continue to, to proliferate and, and, and go forward, uh, you know, on eBay without any, any sort of interference or interruption in their business whatsoever. Hey, it and, looks like we have a caller from your same area. Hello, is there a caller from Florida Tampa Metro? Yeah, that'd be me. All right. Well, welcome. Introduce yourself to us and... Tell us about your experience with eBay. Okay, well, my name is Ed Kuhn. Uh, my friends call me Doc. I'm the uh, the website publisher and admin of eBayMotorsSucks.com, and uh, I'm a retired car dealer. I used to sell cars on eBay, so that's pretty much what my expertise is. I was invited to the call, and uh, so I figured I'd just kind of listen in, and you know. Uh, See what's uh, see what this is about. Well, thanks for being here, Ed, and feel free to contribute at any point with a comment or a question. Okay. Okay, Dan. Uh, go over with me some of the other improprieties that are going on with eBay. Uh, I think you talked a little bit recently about uh, counterfeit American coins produced by the Chinese. It, it, this is this is one of the most horrifying things that uh, 
we found now, I, I'm a major coin, or I was a major coin collector. I, I've sold a lot of my coins off because of, I, I was out of work last year. Or I was sick. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed about three years ago that the Chinese had just saturated the coin um, the coin business on eBay with what they call copy coins. Now, uh-huh. it's not illegal to own a copy coin in the United States as long as it's stamped copy. You know, engraved into the coin, uh, and American Mint, and a, and a lot of other uh, uh, renowned entities like the National Mint and American Mint, they they're all very careful if they're going to uh, produce a replica coin. They all have that. Now, the Chinese don't have that, and the Chinese. My cousin is also a, a collector, and he ordered a few coins just as you know for two dollars a piece. You can get like a key date, standing Liberty quarter, and, and like almost mint condition. And when they arrive, my friend, uh, they look, it's going to take a real expert to find that the difference between a real one. I mean, they're good. Uh, The Chinese are very good at what they do. And I understand that if you buy from them, they'll send you a follow-up email directing you to a website where they have almost every coin, major key date coin uh, of American collecting that you would ever want plus foreign coins that are, are of extreme value. And they also, another another twist that they did is they, they make intentional error coins, which is a very gray area as far as uh, being a copy coin. In other words, you've got a coin that normally would have been thrown away by the mint because of uh, a lot of errors or double strikes or something like that. But they go for a lot of money if they slip out of the mint in the United States. Uh, I read on one website, this is our number one seller, the error coin. So what happens is people on eBay, or dishonest people, they order these things at bulk, you know, by the hundreds or the thousands, and they put them in a holder, and they say, it's an error coin. So it's very hard to determine whether or not a coin that's got double strike on it is a legal tender coin or not. And, uh, and, it, and on one website, it said, number one seller, error coins. And you go figure, you know. It um, seems to me that, well, that, you know, in a lot of ways, if you, you strike a, a coin that is perfect, uh, a lot of that's going to draw a lot of attention. But if you strike an error coin, you know, uh, a lot of people go, well, you know, it's an error coin, and what the heck, you know, it's very difficult because it's double struck and you know, and it's, it's 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 damaged to a certain event extent. And one of the things I thought is, well, you know, this is this is their great their biggest seller because it's very hard for even an expert to sift through an error coin, much less a really well-struck, perfect key day coin. And uh, I know NGC, the uh, National Collector Society, was, has been very up in arms about this lately, and um, they made eBay stop these people. But I, I think they can still be found. I really do. And what they're, they're, they're working around is they're, they're using foreign coins that are out of production. And, um, you know, there's been so many scams. On, you know, going back to like the, the late 90s, early 2000s, there were, were a lot of uh, baseball baseball signs. Uh, they, they did a, a show on 60 Minutes that one man had a whole warehouse full of baseballs and bats uh, falsely signed by Hall of Fame baseball players. And he was a multimillionaire from this, so he got arrested. And uh, it seems like eBay doesn't take any action until it's absolute, the heat's absolutely on. And, you know, and I'm thinking, here you got the 
the, the woman whose husband, a widow, and husband died, she's got a couple kids. She's, uh, she, she knows uh, clothing real well. Maybe she can go to Salvation Army, pick up some children's clothing. I know one, I had another cousin. He lost his job, and his wife helped supplement the family income by, by picking out of Goodwills and Salvation Army and reselling on eBay. And then one day that person gets a letter saying, well, you're substandard. Go away. And meanwhile, you've got the criminals. They've got 100 accounts. Then one of those accounts gets that, gets that letter. That's just another day at the office. You know, that's like uh, somebody mistyped a letter. They just crumple up. You know, Absolutely. And we have a caller from Northwest Ohio, Dan. Hello, Northwest Ohio. Hi, this is Deb Gallant. Hello, Deborah Hello? Gallant. How are you? Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about your own experience with eBay or with any questions that you may have. Um, actually, my eBay selling days were rather short. I think I lasted maybe six months, and I chose to leave on my own. And the reason for that being is I realized very quickly just how easy it was for the scammers to get away with free goods at my expense. Tell us what happened in in your case. Well, there was three smaller incidents, and then I had the grand one. Well, actually, I think there was two kind of grand ones. Um, The first one, I had mismeasured something, they bought it for ninety nine cents. I think it come to like five seventy five or something, you know, shipping and everything. And the guy, I was like maybe ten sales or something, so he knew I was new. And I just got the nastiest email from him and everything else. And it's like, you know what? That wasn't even that expensive. You could have sold it for more than that. So I, you know, went ahead and refunded him and did whatever I had to. Then I sold. Uh, sewing machine pedal that was damaged, and the lady, the customer, wrote me a letter, or wrote me a um, message stating that that was junk. She just threw it in the garbage. So I felt so bad about it, I right away, you know, well, I'll refund you. Now, it worked when it left here, but I can say, even though it's wrapped good, you know, sometimes things can be broken, you know, inside the case, or inside the packaging, just because of the age, you know, shaking around or anything. So she wrote me an excellent review. Okay, that's fine. Then I had um, Ann, who won a sewing machine, and he emailed me instantly after the auction, wanting to know if he could have it shipped to another address. So I get a hold of eBay, and talked to one of the customer service reps. And they told me, oh, sure, you know, just make sure you keep the message. Well, the lady got it. She calls me and lets me know that there's something wrong with it, and she's taking it in to have it checked out. Then she calls me back and asks me for a partial refund on the bill. And the thing was, I was kind of really screwed on that one because even though customer service told me I get, you know, I go ahead and ship it, had they put a complaint in, I'd have not received. I'd have been out that money. Mm-hmm. The final blow, and the thing is, I had it insured, but, you know, that wasn't covered. So then the final blow was when I had insured an item, I knew it worked perfectly, and people always praised me on my packaging. 
and the buyer purchased it, I received it, and within, I want to say five minutes of showing that it delivered, he had filed a um, complaint against me. Well, I was very, very upset. It's like, what? And so I went ahead and I told him just to send it back. No, he didn't want to do that. He told me he'd send the hand wheel. Well, had I been a little bit more experienced, I may have said no, and since it was in the messages, they could see it, and I may have won the case. But I was so terrified that I'd be out the money, have to refund him, and not receive the item back. So I told him, I said, well, you know, the item was insured. But I filed a claim. I let him file it because I didn't believe him. Sure enough, I kept an eye on him, and like two weeks later, he sold another machine similar to mine, but he did not use the same serial number that I had on mine, and it had a different hand wheel on it. I kept an eye on it, and the customer that bought it from him turned around and um, left a negative for him saying the item didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to entertain this garbage. I can I can sell stuff out of my home. I don't have to, you know, put up with people that don't tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And when I sell them from home, guess what? I don't have to give them a um, refund or anything. It's as is. Exactly. Dan, tell us about your experience with this comment. I understand the problem with DSRs and how DSRs can unfairly impact small sellers. So what happened to me, and, and I'm a hobbyist, you know, I'm not depending on this for my livelihood. I, uh, you know, I'm a collector, like I said. Uh, I had one gentleman buy, like her, like a dollar. I had a buy-it-now bargain bin of comic books. And uh, he bought nine all on one day. I consolidate the shipment. To me, that's a single transaction. And and he left a uh, positive for nine items. I got suspicious, so I didn't leave positive feedback for all nine of his positives. And nothing was said from February to April to me about being in danger of, of losing an account. And on uh, the April 20th evaluation, was told it was below standard. Well, I immediately called, and, well, actually, first I did some research, and I found eBay's policy page. It said, someone who is a competitor, and this man sold comic books as well, can't maliciously buy uh, items from another person that sells the same item, uh, leave positive, what they call false positive, and load DSR. This is strictly forbidden. It says so right on their page. So I, I got a customer rep that agreed with me 120%. He came back. Not only did I find his nine, I found one more that did that to you, taking them all off. We operated for two more weeks. Uh, our projected uh, our projected uh, level for next valuation in a few days was above standard, uh, and they yanked the account all of a sudden. I, and I had a very expensive comic book I had come across from a, a couple that found it in their attic, and uh, and I lost a couple hundred dollars in that uh, deal. And uh, nothing I could say or do uh, could convince them. You know, and I've written everybody, including their Twitter, Ask eBay, who, uh, if they have a Twitter account that investigates complaints like this, and uh, I just read it today, and sadly enough, they told me, you're just going to have to sell another venue as their standard response. 
Now, you know, this, you know, and I asked, I asked most eBay customer representatives that are from America, I, I said, what's the logic of it? I go, is this fair? I mean, you know, and, and most of them said, no, it's terrible. But yet, they all went along with the script. You know, we can't do anything about it. It's already been done. It's, we're so sorry. You know, I mean, you know, what, what else can you say? I mean, uh, and so now I'm no longer, you know, you, well, you can sell, but you cannot, you No, know, you can buy. Yeah, you can buy. Yeah. And, you know, and I just don't, you know, and, you know, I'm addressing what you're saying is, you know, I have had people, and I told the customer reps, you know, I've let your customers punch me in the face, and I asked one lady, you know what you're doing? It's like if the police all of a sudden came into my house, yanked me out, I'm I'm innocent of nothing, and I'm guilty of nothing, put me in a jail cell full of criminals and let them beat the living heck out of me, and they said it's okay. And that's what you're doing. You're letting some criminal destroy my business, and you're saying it's okay. Like, he could punch me, but I can't punch back. You know, what, what kind of fair fight is that? You know, like, it's like going into a ring with Muhammad Ali with your, your hands handcuffed behind your back. <laughs> you know, the new seller standard, you know, the, you know the, well, the, well, the customer's always right. That's not always well, true. Here in, in the chat room, uh, Gene in California says, as is, I understand that if the seller says no returns, eBay and PayPal still say them need to be refunded. And, of course, the defect results anytime the refund. Now they've got the new defect system in place, which is every bit as bad or worse than the DSRs. And it's, it's just, you know, and and, uh, and I read uh, somebody else with a similar experience as mine. Uh, it's done in secret. You know, it's very hard to find that deep, you know, how many people really know where to find the actual, uh, it's on an Excel spreadsheet. It's in a little link underneath your dashboard. And if you don't know where to, I had to look it up on YouTube where to find that and download it. It's not obvious where your defects are coming from. And there is a little known place underneath your dashboard that says download your report, your defect report here. And it maps the defects to the item. And that's how I was able to identify that all nine defects came from one one day's transaction on the same from the same buyer through that report. If I had not seen that YouTube video on how to uh, 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 access that report, I would have never known. And I wouldn't have been able to build a case to have them have the defects removed. Two weeks later, somebody at eBay put them back on. And they still won't tell me why. Yes, and see that the level of difficulty that was created for you there was by deliberate design, and then whoever put them back on, that's by deliberate design too, because the small sellers are being targeted for elimination uh, in order to favor the big box retailers and the and the Chinese sellers. And that's exactly what it seems like, you know, and and like we you know, going back to what we're saying, you you are aiding and abetting foreigners to to undermine the United States economy. When you let them flood the, the, the collector coin business with fakes that are almost impossible to tell, uh, shoes, sunglasses, you name it, and, and this is money out of, uh, out of the tax system. You know, they're avoiding uh, paying United States taxes. Uh, that's another thing. You know, eBay's been able to act, operate tax-free up until just a couple years ago. 
Uh, you know, the United States government's had a heck of a time trying to figure out how to tax online transactions. And a few years ago, the only way you can tax it is if it's a, within a state, if the entity has a nexus within the state that you are transacting it. So in other words, if I'm in Florida and I sell to a Florida buyer, I have to, sell, I have to, I have to charge him 7% sales tax. But anywhere else in the country, that, that's free of tax money. So eBay's operated in the United States tax-free for almost two decades now. You know, in a, go figure. You know, I think they opened up in, like, 1995. Uh, they were correct, really yeah. yeah. Pierre Elman, started it in 1995. That's correct. Yeah, they, they, they actually, eBay was invented by an Iranian man. And uh, here's a little bit of trivia. The first thing ever sold off eBay was a broken laser pen. Yes, uh-huh. And the what the man wanted the name Echo Bay, and the, the owners of the domain refused to sell it to him. And uh, he was very upset about that. So he just said, okay, short the D-Bay. And uh, so that here we are now, you know, like almost 20 years later, and uh, things are, have degraded. They've gotten worse. They're not getting better. Ed Coon, um, what are some of the things you've seen happen in the automotive uh, within eBay within the past few years? Oh, my God. I tell you what, I started in uh, 1999, and uh, I'd never heard of eBay. And, uh, you know, I say I was a car dealer, and I had an old Mercedes 300 SD turbo diesel, and I had it for sale in the auto trader locally. And I ain't getting no phone calls. And, you know, it's the middle of summer. And uh buddy of mine says, hey, look at eBay. I said, what's eBay? So make a long story short, I put that thing on eBay, and it brought double <laughs> what it would have brought in the, in the local market. Guy comes down from New York in an old rusty suburban. He said, my wife's been looking for one of those forever. And he says, they're all rusted out up north. It's like an 82. They figured 82 back in 99. You know, so... uh so anyway, I mean, it was good for a little while, but it all started going down and, you know, all the scams and the fraud. I've never seen so many, so many scammers in my life on there that were scamming people on cars. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, they they used to have it. It used to be where you were not allowed to lure the buyer off the site to sell a car. You had to close the deal on there. That way, but you know, you do have both both parties the feedback, and yeah, it's great. You know, um, somehow they relaxed that, and uh, you know, the place kind of went to crap ever since. And um, matter of fact, they're actually they're doing away with the eBay with the motors part. They're just calling it eBay cars, I think, or something that just no longer. But one transaction that sticks out um, last year was uh, a lady had a, I forget what year it was, but it was a Ford F-150 crew cab pickup, 4x4, Lariat, the, you know, the, the top of the line with miles under 100. I think it was a 2005 or maybe 2006. They bought it when it was like three months old, and uh, she put it on eBay. She sold it for ten grand, and she took PayPal for the ten grand, And... Uh, you know, and I'm looking at his truck. I said, that's a 12, 12, 15 grand truck all day long. You know, so what happens is this guy has been on there buying. He was a dealer. 
And he's charging back money to PayPal with bottom buyers that he bought cars from, claiming they sold him a piece of junk. And he was terrorizing this woman, you know. And I thought, matter of fact, I, I blogged about it. And uh, he finally finally threatened her and threatened her. He finally charged back $1,000 with PayPal. And uh, I told her, I said, look, you call them up and you tell them that's a motor vehicle he bought. And, you know, motor vehicles are what's considered title property. You know, his bank finds out that he charged back because he charged it back with a credit card. And uh, so she got a hold of PayPal and uh, they sent it to the bank. And they said it was a car. It was a motor vehicle. And they reversed it. So she didn't. She saved her $1,000. But that guy would have got her for a grand. And that's what uh, that's what Donahoe's done. You know, they're kissing the buyer's ass, and the hell with the seller. You know, all they want is them fees. But uh, at least it turned out good. But uh, yeah, I could tell a million stories. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I think we all could. You know, I've heard of. And when you're talking about car, you're talking about high dollar. You know, stakes here. You know, I mean, that's the most expensive fraud on eBay. Cars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not too many people can take a thousand dollar hit, or even a, I read a one man's uh, problem about four hundred ninety nine dollars, and he was taken for on a on a car part, and that that's not jump change to most of us, you know. I mean, you know. But yeah, on the other you know, side, there was there was one lady um, in the the fifth seller contacted, and she was the seller was a consignment seller. They sold a car for somebody. And uh, and he's wanting three grand back. He said it was a piece of junk. So she went to her consigner and said, look, this guy wants three grand back or he's going to file a charge back. We're going to lose it all because he paid with a credit card. With PayPal. So they sent him the three grand. They sent him three grand. And damn, wouldn't you know, a month later, he charged back that three grand anyway. So that person lost six grand on a transaction. I mean, that's that's big time, big time fraud going on over there do they have any legal address the person that was victimized by that is there any method I, they can go through to try to recover well i think from what i understand the charge fact it makes it a makes it a civil matter you know between the buyer and seller you know they went back to the credit card you know uh, that's to, that's my understanding anyway mm-hmm. it's a civil matter so you got to sue them and if you're out of state you know, if it's two, three grand, it probably cost you more for the lawyer than to go after to get it back. You know. Uh huh. That's a good point. Let me add something to uh, the, the the difficulty of prosecuting somebody across state lines for mail order fraud is almost right. nil and possible. Uh, I spoke. My, I'm originally from Washington D.C. and when I was first in e-commerce, I, I visited my folks in about the year 2000. And I wanted to get some some information from the FBI. And I called, and I had a long talk with an FBI agent. And he said that the uh, the, the the attorney, state's attorney general, the Department of Justice, isn't interested in anything under ten thousand dollars. And even then, it's questionable. And he said that the reason for this is because there's nothing to offset uh, the cost of going to third, the cost of federal court fifteen years ago. Just he said, just to step in is one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So they're not interested if you've been taken for three thousand dollars. They're not interested if you've been taken for nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars. 
they might show a little bit of interest if you've been taken for $10,000 and there's 12 other people that have been. Yeah, that's another thing. The magic number is 13. The 13th complaint is the one that will trigger an agent to put the case on the state's attorney's desk. So if a scammer is smart and he steals anywhere from $1,000 to $9,000 from 10 people at a time under a, uh, you know, maybe an assumed alias, he could, you know, continue to, in this day and age of virtual people and virtual identities, continue to, con- you know, turn over his identities, you know, month after month. You know, if you the numbers, you, you say that you're stealing $9,000 up just up to the limit to where it sparks the interest of a state or federal attorney. And, it, you know, nine times, what, 12 months, you know, you've got about a $100,000 business right there. And with no no interest from the police, the FBI whatsoever, uh, the FBI's uh, criminal complaint, Internet complaint is a joke. You know, your criminal complaints to the FBI are going to go into a database with 100,000 more, you know, almost every week. And it's got to have to be pretty severe. It's going to have to be Bernie Madoff level type fraud before the feds even get involved. So little people or, or, or even people with a little bit of money being taken for like anywhere from, uh, you know, 1000 to $10,000 don't, they're not even interested, the FBI agent told me. He said actually he would, his job would be jeopardized if he were to bring that to their attention because that would be uh, a, a, a symbol of his incompetence, of not knowing how things work in the system. Hmm. So there's some very serious flaws in the system. Go ahead, Deborah. You know, um, I, I was just going to say, when I sold my dad's cards, and, you know, you saw them on some of my pages, I put them on Craigslist. I had no problem. One of the men was very, very interested, but he was working, owned his own business, and said he wouldn't be able to get down, I don't know, for three weeks, four weeks, but he sent me a deposit. He says, can I send you a deposit, a non-refundable deposit? And I said, sure. I said, just make it out to, you know, the UPS um, sort of, or money order and he sent it he was true to his word i never had a problem with it and i've done quite a few dealings on craigslist and i'll tell you what i have not had any of the problems no complaints nothing like i did with ebay big time big time scam on craigslist right now with cars with fraudulent cashier checks they're buying cars with bogus looking good looking good checks and they're bouncing a week later and people, I mean, See, I'm telling I, them, I'm, I'm telling them they have to use cash. I, I write it right in the ad, cash only. And this man, he had quite a ways to travel to get it. It was a, what is it, forty? I think it was a forty-two jeep, and military jeep. And he was very, very interested in it. And I had no problem whatsoever. I mean, he sent me the certified check. Oh gosh, like I said, three or four weeks before he got here. So I just, you know, went to the post office and cashed it, and it was taken care of. Oh, good. Glad that worked out for you. It works out great because, like I said, I tell them cash, and then I have people, you know, right there and everything. They're going to have to, you know, if they go after one, they're going to have to go after all of us. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I've had no problems with that. I've sold sewing machines off there years ago. I used to sell birds and put them in my local paper. And I only had one problem with some woman that was a nutcase. And I found out from other people that had dealt with her, they said right out, they they told her right out, I won't deal with you, you're crazy. And she gave me a lot of problems until I, threatening to sue me until I told her, you know what, you go ahead and take me to court. I said, I'm going to get you for animal abuse and that end of that. So. Absolutely. But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I've, I'm very satisfied with showing people, you know, things so they know what they're getting. They can't come back later and say, oh, well, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. Too bad, so sad. You know, I'll mm-hmm. sales are final. Here's a migration over to Facebook groups, too, as, as you, you have a couple of them, sales across the state and swap shops across the state. And there's a number of uh, groups uh, in every city and town now, along the yard sale and garage sale type that more and more people are beginning to use as an alternative to eBay. Dan, since you uh, teach e-commerce, what do you see happening over the next years uh, within uh, selling online? Well, you know, you see that, and I've noticed that Facebook has had uh, a new ad that says, you are not your mistakes. Now, who do you think they're they're pointing the finger at? You know, I think that's a... uh, a very subtle implication of their knowledge of what's going on with eBay. You know, mm-hmm. you, over and over again, I see start a Facebook store. You aren't, you are not your mistakes. Now, I think that what they're trying to say is they know what's going on, and they're coming up. They're, they're wanting to compete against uh, eBay. You know, e, e, you know, I, I eBay is as a major force. You know, because, the, you know, the the Amazons, and I, I've checked around, you know, uh, Amazons, the Bonanzas, the Etsy, they don't seem to, to sell the oddball stuff, you know, the vintage stuff and, and collectible stuff. You know, they're, they're, mostly, uh, they're mostly looking at new stuff uh, or, uh, in Etsy's case, uh, handmade crafts and that sort of thing. Um, so eBay is going to... They're going to have a large market share for a while. I, you know, I can't, you know, unless the government steps in, and I think we've spoke about this, is to get as many people to contact your local representative. I mean, if you're if you're savvy enough to get on the internet and sell uh, at, uh, on eBay, you're you're savvy enough to go and Google who your local representative is in your town, and and bring this up, this criminal activity up by eBay. I mean, it, it, it's nothing short of criminal to me, what they're doing. And when you aid in a bad terrorism, that's a serious crime in this country. I mean, we have, you know, all this anti we have these people that make it difficult for us to travel on airlines now because of fear of terrorism. But here we have a major company online, e-commerce company online that is funding terrorism, and the government's doing nothing about it. But they don't think anything about sticking their hands in your suitcase and stealing stuff on your way to the airline in the name of terrorism, anti-terrorism. Something wrong with that picture, my friend. Absolutely. You know, you, have you, a- know, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of cyber terrorism going on that I'm thinking that eBay's involved in. Uh, they're using YouTube. As a matter of fact, I, I, uh, sent a link to a video to Dan earlier today, what these guys are doing. They're cyber stalking 
critics on YouTube. They're you know using video videos and you know they're all hiding behind the anonymity of YouTube. And some of that's getting downright creepy, you know. And I know damn well eBay's behind it, but you know, of course, then you got to prove it, of course, you know. But uh, I contacted the FBI about that, and they don't want to. They thought it's just mischief, you know, mischief my ass. Delicious mischief, yeah. Well, Ed, well, I've got you got you on. Tell us a little about Hubcap Joe, that experience that you had with with him. Oh, it's still having it. I mean, you know, they're they're you know using YouTube, you know, just uh, doing everything they can to uh, try to, you know, they're what they're trying to do. They're trying to get me to take eBayMotorsucks.com down. I'm not going to take it down. So they try to, you know, I say they're. They're doing this, they're doing that, and they're, you know, contacting my church, my pastor, doing stuff like that. I mean, that's just, that's, uh, you know, attacking religion is definitely wrong. But this is, this is a social media smear campaign, and I should say a buddy of mine, the guy goes by eBay's a joke, is a straight shooter. Um, he really is a good guy, okay? They cyber smeared him so bad. That they even put him on the on the news. They had a reporter followed him, and they put him on the news. They trashed his his business reputation and his personal reputation worldwide. I mean, Hudcap Joe did it. That's what he did. And now they're now they're now they're coming after me too. So uh, you know, and I know Joe knows everybody. Knows a bunch of people at eBay Motors. He knows Uncle Grief. He knows uh, Roy Gaze that uh, is the general, the senior sales manager for eBay Motors. These guys are all nice and cozy together, and they love it when he's attacking eBay's a joke and I because, you know, we're eBay critics, and we're probably the most vocal ones. I mean, I am, especially. I'm not afraid to say anything. And well, you know, right, right there on the eBay discussion board, uh, when there's dissent, when there's uh, eBay sellers coming on pointing out some of the wrongdoing that's going on, some of the unfair policies, they get attacked by shills and cheerleaders. Uh, oh, there's yeah, a, absolutely. Uh, yeah, orchestrated effort, orchestrated campaign on the part of eBay to suppress the truth, to bury anything that's unflattering. Their reputation management efforts are uh, way above and beyond the call of duty, and apparently, in your case, they've gotten downright down and dirty. Yeah, well, I got eleven years, eleven years of eBay dirty laundry. That uh, you know, quite an assortment. Even though it's ninety-nine percent of it has to do with auto sales, um, I've got a lot of dirty laundry over here, and they they love. They try to get this site down. I mean, I've got it on Cloudflare. I've got it on a, on a pretty good firewall. They, I mean, it, it's attacked every day, but they haven't been able to bring it down yet. And they can't get me for invalid contact info on the domain because all that's correct. So, uh, you know, so then if that don't work, then they try the they try the smear campaign. They try to smear me, you know, try to smear me at, at my church. I mean, that's really bad. That's as low as low can get. That sounds like cyber stalking. That's exactly what it is. That's uh-huh. exactly what it is. Yep. You, you, yeah. Google up, you Google up a page. Um, it's, um, yeah, let's see, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but 
attacks on attacks on critics exposing uh, eBay uh, corporate wrongdoings or something like that. You Google that up and you'll get an eyeful. But, uh, I see we now have a caller from Eastern Pennsylvania. Eastern Pennsylvania, hello. Hi, Rich. Jeffrey Wolf. Hello, how are you? All right, and you? Doing great. Tell us a little about some of your efforts to try to draw media attention to eBay. Okay, drawing media attention to eBay, well, first and foremost would be the petition that I have running. It is now at 254 signatures. Uh, I've been posting that numerous places throughout Facebook. It's also been going on to uh, the topics forums and behind a lot of news articles that I see where I go MSN and CNN. I'm not getting quite the attention I want just yet, but I'm still working on that. I haven't done anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say excellent that that it's going. Keep, Keep up the good work. I'm working on it. I wish I could get a lot further than I have, but for some reason, you know, years just... ago it seems like something come up about eBay. Everybody was up in arms, so now it just seems like I'm kind of wondering if a lot of people just don't give a shit anymore. You know, I just I know five, six, seven years ago, any kind of crap that Donahoe did, man, people were, you know, people were up in arms worldwide, and it just don't seem. I mean, you know, it's great. I signed your petition, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just. Uh, I, I know you would think you'd have a lot of people want to get in and sign that petition. I really do. And matter of Dan, fact, I put a I promote it on my website as well. But, uh, Dan, I I really think what the problem is that everybody considers that eBay is just so big and has so much money and so much power that there's nothing we can do about it. And they're also probably afraid of being attacked. Very possible too, you know. Well. Um, I don't I want to be attacked, but they you know, can bring it on. <laughs> and I think I heard uh, one of you all say that, you know, on the, on the community page, there's always an eBay cheerleader. And mm-hmm. it, the, one of the reasons why is there are people through a matter of luck, hard work, and and, uh, and patience have made it through and, and are making serious money. I mean, I've got a friend that's, He's got a niche in uh, rock and roll photos, rare rock and roll photos. And uh, they go from town to town, and they go to old newspapers, and they, they, they find the original uh, prints that were used in the newspaper of concerts and stuff in the 70s. And he told he devolves me he's making $200,000 a year. So you would be, if you're making, if, if you, you, you got a, you know, this man doesn't have, a, like, a real marketable job skill. And, you know, other than this, and if you're making two hundred thousand dollars a year, and you know your credentials are you know kind of light in this economy, you're going to be sharing the people that are making that possible until the day they take you down. And then that day he's going to be on this phone call, you know, because it's just a matter of time from what I see. Unless you are making that kind, of, and that kind of money's you know being made. There are people being made. I, I think I told you about the autograph graph fraud, fraud guy wanting to come down here to Florida and uh, register a $350,000 dragster with the uh, National Hot Rod Association in Gokala. <laughs> and, you know, he he made all this money selling fake autographs. 
you know, that, that's not an average person's pocket money for a car. You know, so somebody like that, well, yeah, I could see them cheerleading Ife all the way to the bank. So you got that too, you know, to fight. You know, there are people that are successful, you know, despite all the other stuff that's going on. And just that example you gave is just, that's not an isolated case, but that's an indication of the massive level of fraud that's obviously going on, and eBay's turning their head the other way. Well, absolutely. As long as they're making money and the, and the heat is off, you know, they, they, it's, they'll run it, they'll let it run until the heat is so hot that the outcry of fakes and, and the complaints get so severe, then, then one day they just pull all the scammers. But like I said, those, those people have anywhere from 50 to 100 accounts to back them up. You know, once you get to the level where you're making $200,000 a year, it's nothing for you to have people working for you just creating accounts all day. I, I found a page that is selling aged accounts and aged PayPal, fraudulent stealth accounts of eBay and PayPal for twenty nine ninety five. So what they've got is they've got people sitting in an office all day long making fraudulent accounts, and then they're reselling them for like 30 bucks or more, depending on, on the limits you want as far as your uh, selling uh, limitations and restrictions. I think it's called auctionassistance.com. And these guys are making money and all the way to the bank, and, and they're actually uh, telling people how to game the system, how to game PayPal by creating three counts and charging back on what. I mean, they've got all kinds of schemes and scams telling you how to game the system. And they sell fraudulent accounts at a profit. You know, one thing yeah. I am curious about with the... Uh, selling of counterfeit coins by Chinese people on eBay. When the buyers complain about this, what happens to these sellers? Uh, you know, they stayed on for about, and I would read their feedback, and some real serious coin collectors would buy from them and then post that these are, these do not say copy on them, beware. These are actual counterfeit coins. And, you know, they would, they would leave, like, uh, positives just so they could, or negatives, and it's just so they could say that, you know, right. and it was ignored. And it was ignored for several years. Uh, I, I, I watched it go on for at least uh, two and a half, three years uh, until eBay yanked all the Chinese sellers that were selling. And, and actually, I think as, as, as early as uh, about a year ago, uh, one guy was still selling uh, foreign coins, that ancient foreign coins that uh, – that were lookalikes with no copy, mm -hmm. you know. And I think it, you know eBay turns they turn the cheek on the on the American coins for a while and they clamp down. But uh, the foreign coins uh, they're, they're continuing to let those lookalikes go on to a certain. You could probably find them if you're looking for them hard enough. Or the mm -hmm. people uh, they call them by another name. They call them like metal troop tri metal tribute coins, and then they mm -hmm. make an actual facsimile of a silver silver dollar, a Chinese silver dollar that actually would be very rare if it was real silver. Right. You know, it's well, all the same game, how they name it and, and list it on, on, on the eBay site. Mm -hmm. where, I was, where I was actually going with that was that uh, if you would find, say, an American seller doing that, he would be booted pretty quickly. Immediately. Well, and I was just wondering, how long does it take a Chinese seller to get booted for that? Well, well, boot, well America, an American seller would be actually be have the, the Secret Service show up at their door and would be arrest, handcuffed and arrested. There, there would be no mm -hmm. doubt about that. 
Uh, there have been cases where people have tried to pay, pass these pawn shops. Uh, well, one of them happened down here in Florida not too long ago. A couple guys hit several pawn shops and and pawn look uh, these these fake Chinese silver dollars. And uh, the police finally got enough uh, complaints. They they tracked them down to a, a motel room. They, what they were doing is they're traveling up and down the East Coast, hitting pawn shops with these fake silver dollars, and you know taking pawn shop money for like where the pawn shop guys. You know, they're usually greedy. You know, well, you know, I'm going to give this guy 10 bucks for an $80 silver dollar. Ha, 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 ha. And then he finds yeah. out taken, and then he calls the police. And, and then, you know, you know, most things are, are fueled by greed. And, you know, the guy's greedy. He, he doesn't examine the coins like he should. He doesn't question, well, why is this idiot selling an 80 or uh, $200 silver dollar to me for 10 or 20 bucks? He just is going, he's just seeing profit margin. And then when it hit one of his customers buys it and complains, then he's got to go to the police and then right. back the guy down. But and then they arrested those men. You know, um, another friend of mine told me uh, about an incident just happened recently. Uh, somebody bought some gold, supposedly quote gold pandas, from uh, a buyer and uh, seller in Texas, and uh, they found out they, they this was a friend of mine's friend, a roommate, and. It showed up and it, and they took it to a coin shop and it was it was tested and it wasn't real gold. So they had to file police reports and reports with eBay and you know and you know for every person that reports a crime, I'm going to I'm going to be willing to venture of that nature. I'm going to be willing to vet, uh, venture that at least another nine don't report it. And you know out of, out of embarrassment, like like you know like say I'm a 55 year old man and I. And I'm stupid enough to buy a gold panda without really knowing who I'm buying it from for fifteen hundred bucks. Do I really want the the police and and my neighbors to know that? You know, <laughs> I mean, think about it for a second. There, you know, a lot of people don't report. So if you hear something in the newspapers, um, you can probably imagine that you know if there's one report, probably ten people got away with it. You know, nine people got away at it out of ten. Right. You know, and another thing I'd like to bring up is in the early days um, in Florida, they caught a young man selling computer systems on eBay before a lot of rules were. And what he was doing is he was shipping boxes with, with, with full of toilet paper and rocks with the approximate weight of a, of a computer set system through UPS, and he was getting signature on file. Well, signature on file is very hard to charge back on. And the the local police here got... 50 calls from people because the guy was uh, situated in, in Largo, Florida. And the Largo City Police didn't know what the heck, because it was so, you know, the cyber world was so new to them that they didn't know what to talk about. Like, they're saying, well, I bought this thing online from a place called, and the cops didn't know what that was. So they finally brought in an expert who told, explained it to them, and they arrested the man. And by the time they arrested him, they had estimated that they were able to account for $350,000 of, of Bad transactions that you know criminal transactions, and they thought that that they, they even put in the paper they think that's one tenth of what he actually got away with. Wow, you know because 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 the three hundred fifty thousand only represented like maybe ten percent of the people he took, you know before the police finally figured out what was going on. And we had that problem for a lot of years up until, I, you know, now most police uh, force have uh, an Internet section of cyber detectives and stuff like that that are highly trained. You know, you know I, actually I, at the school I used to work, one of the colleges I used to work for 
we we have a a a building, one old building that's just devoted to training the police in cyber forensics and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, until you know, but I didn't see that start happening until about ten years ago. You know, and the the police forces were very very ignorant, you know, as to what was really going on uh, as far as the cyber world was concerned and, and e-commerce. Which in many ways are still in their infancy, at least in the investigative uh, stages of it. And, and like I said, they're really not interested in anything over $10,000 or 13. The 13th complaint triggers a uh, triggers an investigation. If you look at the gray zone, you're going to see that the only people that ever get busted are the people that hit number 13 or over 10 grand. You know, and, and it has to be pretty horrendous. I think there was another case where a man was selling, uh, I think during the, those Furbies, there was a Furby uh, fad going on for Christmas. And uh, he sold a bunch of, or he advertised a bunch of Furbies on eBay and didn't ship them out. And, you know, this was a kid's Christmas present that, you know, and parents couldn't get them in the stores. And they thought they had found the Holy Grail for the kid, make their kid happy. And they found <laughs> Something that that horrendous at Christmas time is, you know, to rip somebody off and, and disappoint their poor kids. The police got involved in that, you know. But then again, there was a 13th complaint that triggered it. Hmm. So if the guy had taken 12 people, he still he'd be counting his loot, laughing all the way to the bank still. Speaking of numbers, as I understand, Jeffrey, with your petition, one of the goals is for 60 Minutes or 2020 or one of the big investigative journalistic shows to take on eBay and to uncover some of what's going on there. Yes. Yes, I've got a list of shows that I'm interested in contacting, but I want to get the numbers up before I do anything. I don't... The way it's been going, I don't think I'm going to get the numbers up where I want them. And actually, I really don't know where I want them, but I know 254 isn't anything near what I'm looking for. I mean, I'm, I'm going to need... Just in my opinion, I'm going to need a couple thousand before I'd want to do anything. And it's just—it's yeah. not just not going the way I'd like it to. Don't know why. Don't know what to do think, about it either. I think Go people ahead. become complacent as long as you'll do the work, and they won't even sign. Um, you know, different things I've seen. I mean, even with Rich publishing that book. You know, there has been all these members, but very few, you know what I mean, and compared to the percentage of membership, has mm-hmm. purchased the book, and it's the same thing with your petition. I signed it right away, but I'm only one person. Right. I mean, I've looked over other petitions, you know, that are anti-eBay, and they're all the same. They've gotten to a certain degree, and then after that, they don't move. I did one. I did one uh, probably, probably 10 years ago. And it was a flop. You know, it didn't get hardly any. Hardly, maybe, <laughs> might have had maybe, maybe 30 signatures, maybe, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I think it's a good idea, you know. I just wish we could figure out a way to get more people to sign it for you. Yeah. Get a couple thousand, that couple thousand signatures, I'd say that would get some attention, you know. I would, you would think so, you know, by somebody. Well, maybe someday. One of the things, all of this concentrated effort, whether it's my Facebook groups, which now have 3,000 members, whether it's Jeffrey's petition, whether it's Ed Coon's uh, 
YouTubes and videos and radio show, all of it combines to raise the level of public awareness of how bad eBay is. If nothing else, they're taking a hit in, in the court of public opinion. Yeah, I that's, do uh, believe. Seeking Out Thanks. is a good place to post, by the way. So I got to give them credit. They're, you know, you, most places you go and you post something that's, you know, negative on eBay and they, they boot you right out or they delete the comments. And they're, they're real good at letting you comment. They're good at letting I wrote several, several Insta blogs. Of course, you know, if you're searching for the title and they sure come up and search good, but otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's a good, I, I just, I would recommend anybody who's got anything to say about eBay, you know, go over there to Seeking Alpha and go through some of the, um, some of the, uh, actually, you, if you got an Android or an iPhone, uh, join Seeking Alpha and then download the app and tag. You want to follow eBay and then when a, when a report comes out, somebody writes an article, you get a notice and you can comment right there with the phone. You know, I have not done a lot with Seeking Alpha at this point. Um, I'm only going to read the terms of service as far as what I can and can't post. Am I allowed to put links on there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? I've been putting links in my comments, yes. Uh-huh. I put mm-hmm. links in articles. No problem. Well, then, more than likely, I'll be there tonight yet. Fantastic. Well, a little bit we've got about five minutes left on our show. I want to go back to Dan. Dan, what are some recommendations you can can give to everybody about eBay, and what are some uh, suggestions you have that things that people can do to try to draw some attention to the situation at eBay? Bringing awareness to social media is a great idea. We got to look back at the Arab Spring. They brought Qaddafi down through social media. Uh, uh, One thing you have fighting against you is eBay. eBay will lull people into a sense of security until it happens to them. And uh, Americans are famous for, I don't want to get involved. You know, in this country, it's kind, of, it's kind of a thing that's pretty common. Like, as long as it's not me, you know, I don't care. And then, then people don't care until it happens to them. And eBay will encourage you to sell until that very last day when they they clock. So those people are making money and making a living, they're not going to have a complaint until it happens to them. And and most most people are, you know, this whole country depends on people, I call them sheeple. And what she yeah. is, very top all the way down to eBay, all the way to the White House. And a lot of uh, people are having the wool pulled over their eyes and refusing to speak up because they just don't want to get involved, or fear of repercussions, or whatever it is. And mass apathy, yes, mass apathy. Yeah, mass apathy, and, and you know, and, and that's just a, it's a sad because with the kind of money and power, you know, like I, you know, I think we discussed. It. I've looked at all, all, you know, all the alternatives that everybody's talking. They're so great. They're not that great, man. I mean, iOffers has been around. Oh my God, since like the 2000, like 15 years, and they still aren't off the ground. You know, and Bonanza's been around, what, two or three years, and it, there's nothing going on there. You know, there hasn't, there, you know, Amazon is starting to let people sell vintage items, uh, but again, people are looking for new stuff. You know, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a sad state of affairs, and, and I really don't see, you know, unless people continue 
to do things like you're doing, Rich, with your radio show and your groups, uh, you know, and people getting involved. Uh, and I think that's the bottom line. People just have to get involved. Like, I had to speak out. You know, uh, I'm not, you know, in any big financial bind because of it. But when I read people losing their homes, you know, and their and their cars and their families' livelihoods, and, and, and then at the same time I'm reading eBay having success stories. Well, I got laid off, and eBay saved our lives. Well, you know. What happens when eBay just decides to lay this guy off too? You know, so you know, on here on one hand, they're 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 hawking how great they are and saving people that are victims of a bad economy, and on the other hand, they're creating a worse economy. Absolutely, absolutely, it's, it's happening every day. Yeah, every day somebody gets their notice, and, and I think you know, recently, uh, every time eBay makes a big move, and they just did this April where they announced the uh, spinoff of PayPal, it seems like they purge, uh, you know, every time the policies and, and rules change or there's a major chain in eBay, they purge, you know, X amount of sellers, small sellers. Like in August, when they introduced the DSRs, they purged 15,000 sellers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people on the community pages call it the eBay genocide of small sellers. And I'll bet you when we look back, we're going to find out April was... Uh, a mass exodus of small sellers. Uh, I just got a feeling there's an agenda because my, you know, what, why they they clobbered me with there's even their own customer representatives were on my side. They still can't come up with a, a good reason, and and I think there's another agenda behind it, and it has to do with stock manipulation and all this other stuff that you know we, we'll never know. Uh, you know, uh, it's all all up in the up headquarters and uh, and the multi-billion dollar suites of the people that run eBay. Corporate I think mm-hmm. with the Facebook groups, you know, different ones, you find the Facebook groups that you're interested in and like the vintage items and things like that, you're going to find them easier to obtain in the Facebook groups as people get more and more tired of eBay. Absolutely. Oh, There's a migration there. Yeah, there is. And I joined a vintage sewing machine group because, and you're going to find this true about all kinds of items, but with sewing machines, um, they only make the parts for 20 years after the machine is manufactured. Well, I have some antique machines. If I want a, a part, I will go to the vintage you know, sewing machine group that I've joined and that's where they're going to clean out eBay because people will start looking more and more there, especially the sellers that eBay mistreats. Absolutely. Dan, I want to thank you for being my guest tonight and everyone who called in, I want to thank you for calling in. It's been a great show and remember you can download it and you can listen to the recorded archive show about 30 minutes after we go off the air. You know, another um, thing, if you don't mind, uh, Ken and I, is it all right if I publish this on my SoundCloud account? Absolutely. Absolutely okay. okay. Just wanted to make sure. All right. Well, hey, I really, I, I enjoyed, I learned, I think I've learned a few things I didn't uh, didn't know before. And like I say, mostly I'm into automobiles, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed, enjoyed listening and talking with you gentlemen. I hope to be able to do it again sometime. Thanks so again, Dan. All right. Good night, people. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dan. Bye. Goodbye. Uh-huh. Bye. 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 Bye.